everyone. Following on from our governance discussion we had in June and other conversations on governance we're going to continue and discuss today. I'm Doug Ewing, a partner at KPMG Canada and the head of the major projects group. And with me again today is John Carruthers, a senior business advisor on large mega projects in Western Canada. He spent most of his career involved with large complex oil and gas projects and programs and the governance and leadership aspects of them. We spoke about the importance of good governance, oversight and insurance. We talked about what it means, the importance, how to best implement, and what can go wrong if you don't implement proper governance. There are some excellent questions that were asked during and after the June session, and we're going to do some of the answers of them today. A theme that appeared in a number of the questions during and after the sessions are, and the first question that we'll get into, John, is we want to go back to the discussion regarding assurance and its role on large projects. Can you talk to us in more detail on what assurance means and what its role is in governance on a major program or project? And why does assurance make a difference? Over to you, John. Yes, Doug, as, as I mentioned, uh, the insurance role is fundamentally to support the board in their project oversight responsibilities uh, with ongoing independent objective assessment. I mean, first with respect to the evaluation of the performance monitoring systems. Uh, secondly, with respect to the project's performance against plan. And, and thirdly, to support the early identification of risk, opportunities for risk mitigation. And assurance really fills any gaps in expertise, experience the, that the board may have. Uh, plus assurance adds a lot more hands-on participation. Uh, that's required for assurance and it's generally not practical for a board member but a role that can be undertaken by the insurance team then with respect to decision making three things in particular uh, information uh, moves quickly and assurance can help in, in translation of the information into the key takeaways and, and that allows a board to make an informed decision quickly uh, assurances also fully independent assessment. I mean, an objective view that helps manage against optimism bias. And then thirdly, uh, assurance is forward-looking focused. I mean, whether the ship is on the right track or not, uh, you wanna know early whether to correct the ship's course and assurance is around all of this. Well, that's great, John. And I can certainly see, particularly as you talk about the forward-looking of assurance, the value of that and and really it sounds like assurance starts to become the maybe the legs of the board uh, or the oversight um, to help them um, bring in that extra layer of of observation and and uh, experience that it takes to round out their role that they have to provide is that is that uh, how you see that for sure and I, and I think the the additional point is it's fully independent and I think that's important for the board uh, you know, to mitigate potential problems. Right, yeah, that independence seems like that would be an important point. Is there any any pitfalls that, to assurance that you see um, in the roles that you've had in it? Well, I, I think the things you need to be conscious of is that uh, assurance is not decision-making. So certainly it has to be very clear that the decision-making resides uh, with the project team, with the board, and, and assurance is just to help provide information in a, a usable way. So I, I think the pitfalls are one, making sure everyone knows that. And so part of that would be that 
everybody understands uh, the role of the assurance player and that's clear and supported by everybody. And so, and, and able to do that, I guess a pitfall would be ensuring the team has access to information on a timely basis and, and can get through that to give the, the board the advice it needs in a timely manner. Right, yep, that makes sense. Excellent, thank you. Well, let's move on to the next question. Um, the next question is, large companies can fall into the trap of managing projects and programs in the same way. How do you convince, persuade, educate the executive and senior management that investing in, in understanding and setting up the proper governance, which includes oversight and insurance, is valuable? Like, where do you start? Okay, I mean, and, and for me, it's hard to imagine how or why proper governance would not be considered and definitely not recommended. In my mind, it's like trying to run a marathon and three and a half hours without training. I mean, quite likely you'll be unsuccessful, but it definitely won't be fun. And I, and I say that because good governments is most important when projects start having problems, but it's very hard to implement partway through the process. And, and I would think that most leaderships would value adherence to best practices. Um, there's some fairly high profile reviews of major project deficiencies recently, uh, Muskrat Falls, Site C, and, and those address governance, and the findings would be very persuasive uh, in terms of the importance of governance. Uh, so from a practical perspective, I mean, I would start with an understanding like uh, of the project on the key corporate performance indicators, tested, and then assuming it's material, either by project or by a portfolio basis, I mean, that would drive the relative importance and, and I would also re recommend running sensitivities by the various possible outcomes and look at the impact on the corporate performance. And, and to me, that would clearly indicate an understanding of the key drivers and the value of the appropriate assurance. And, and really, good governments provides the board executives with clear line of sight into key areas of the project while enabling day-to-day -day decisions to be made by the accountable executives you know, with, within the framework of the, the project execution plan and the approved delegation of authorities. Right. Um, and so that the question would be is, is what I'm hearing is that, you know, when and where to start really is start as early as you can. Um, and where to start is really starting to look at the, the corporate responsibilities vis-a-vis -vis this uh, a large project and how it impacts that corporation and, and the key performance indicators and how do you how you build on that to make sure that the governance that's put in place supports that and as part of that assurance plays a key role in that. Yeah, and, and definitely, Doug, the, the key aspect, I would say it has to be done early so that you have time to make any changes uh, because they just get harder and harder. Time's not your friend in that perspective. Right, and, and I think I, you know, certainly one of the topics that was well explored in the panel discussion was around time and and as you said it doesn't get easier it, it becomes more and more complex to implement just because the the day-to-day -day workings of a project take over and so the earlier the better and it takes time to do it you know i remember jane spending a fair bit of time talking about the amount of time it takes and the investment it takes to do at the beginning and how valuable that is and that sounds like that aligns with with where you see it too 
Yeah, and, and very much. And, and because also time, you need time, yes, to, to make the changes. And, and if too much has gone through, well, then you've got to deal with that uh, as well as fixing it. You've got to deal with where you're at, which typically can, if a project starts going sideways, it just gets worse and worse. Right. And, and as you mentioned in the first question, is the real value of assurance is actually that proactive view looking forward and so the earlier you're involved the more that you're involved in in uh, those early days you've got a, a, a broader understanding of what needs to happen. yes yeah 100 okay so on to the next question john many mega projects span over 10 or more years how can you ensure consistency and continuity and governance and assurance over that period especially as people and positions change Good question, Doug. And I'd say actually that most projects span over 10 years, you know, from the time of inception through the time of transition to operation. So you need to assume that there will be a change in, in people and, and some of it will be very appropriate as the project uh, goes through its course. But, but I'd actually say you, you may want to view that question the other way around. And, and I would say that, that you're having good governance st structure plan helps ensure consistency and continuity in the project overall and over time it allows for a structure to handle and manage turnover and change over the long term which almost by definition projects are so regular adherence to good governance practice should live past any personnel changes we, we should assume there will be personnel changes because really governance covers how project decisions are made uh, the good governance practices are independent of the specific people. And, and, and three things I would mention is, one, you need to ensure future decisions are, are made under a common vision, you know, within the with pro approved objectives. I mean, key, key is clearly defined and communicated roles, uh, defined financial authorities, and, and those need to be paired with appropriate delegation so that you facilitate expedient decision-making and, and reduce unnecessary delay because time will be important. And thirdly, effective project governance requires that measurable and consistently tracked uh, key performance indicators are, are in place that reflect the project objectives and, and that these KPIs, we'll call them key performance indicators, cast down through the project structure, uh, the set of priorities to drive behaviors, uh, inform the reporting requirements. And, and secondly, I'd say that these key risks are, are identified, uh, proactively reviewed, and, and mitigation developed. And, and that also addresses the risk communication and escalation uh, up through management and to the board. And, and three, that proposed changes are reviewed, approved uh, through a formal resolution mechanism. So ingraining all of these practices would help ensure consistency and continuity over time. And, and I would also add that maintaining current document documentation is also key. Uh, the governance plan itself requires upkeep through regular re review. And, and lastly, I, I think it'd be important to confirm if there are any gaps on the gates that the project has gone through, uh, be cognizant of those, but also understand uh, the remaining gate decision points. Well, that's great. There, there's a lot in there, John, with what you just said. Is it's kind of, but that the general the general thread is that governance and good governance actually creates that consistency and continuity. Because as as you said, projects 
there's few projects of this size that are under 10 years. So you can assume people change. Um, and, and by assuring that there's a really well kind of created governance structure with delegations of authority and clarity of vision and objectives, that actually helps you span um, that life cycle of a project right from the inception to, to uh, operations. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it, and, and it helps that transition as you do have personal changes. Obviously, people can get up and running a lot more quickly with a proper governance structure. And and is it is it uh, fair to assume that even on the board or or the that executive oversight that those people change too, right? Yes, definitely over time. And, and it, it, yes, a hundred percent. We we see it probably more in the project itself as it goes through things, but certainly the board itself over a period can can transition. And that governance that record is critically important for those people to do the the job that they need to do. Okay, and then on to the last question, and this really gets down to you know the people at the at the project level. And so the question is: For many projects, they have large teams of technical engineers, experts, which is a huge part of any project. You know, why would they care about this concern called higher level governments? What's in it for them? Yeah, and, and good question because obviously the the technical aspect is is very critical to a project, but really uh, requires an understanding of uh, all of the contributors to project failure. And surprisingly, those are generally not as much the technical side. So you you really need a, a regular assessment across the project with within the key areas of potential concern of how this all comes together. And, and and, and those are critical, but they're the softer issues that determine how successful a project will be because you'll always have issues as you go forward. So how you handle them is particularly important. And, and one specific concern in a project environment, as an example, is optimism bias. And, and, and that's the, it's a demonstrated and it's systematic tendency, whether unconsciously or deliberately, you know, for project business cases to overstate the forecast benefits, uh, understate the timescales costs, and, and that optimism bias can negatively delay the, the need to take timely action to address emerging issues that we've talked about. And that's so key to address them early and, and keep the board informed. So an example is how project governance manages optimism bias. I mean, first it starts with setting the expectation within the project team itself to recognize the potential for optimism bias and actively challenge themselves to guard against it. And, and part of that approach needs to be uh, the encouragement of the frontline workers who directly experience the realities of the project to reflect their honest opinions to leadership. But that also requires active listening by the leadership to understand those concerns. And then as we've talked about it, it's important to regularly track measurable key performing performance indicators over time. I mean, to determine if there is a bias in the trend in reporting. And then it's the role of the board to constructively test the project team to determine if they're seeing optimism bias. And, and sometimes you get the contention that you know project people need to be optimistic in, in, in the project development. Certainly you do, but I would characterize that quality required uh, more as a can-do attitude resilience rather than optimism. But certainly there's a lot of issues in terms of project success and failure that are non-technical and it needs to be an important focus 
uh, of the governance process. So it's, you know, when it, it, you get to the essence of this question and people say, well, what's in it for me? Why should I care? What I'm hearing you say, John, in spades is what's in it for them is that the project's successful. The, 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 an optimism bias and is, a, as you um, described it as a, as a phenomenon, systemic in these big projects. Um, it allows them to be successful. So the stronger the governance allows these technical teams and experts to be successfully deliver the project. I really like how you've kind of taken the, a question about, uh, you know, kind of right down at the, at, the, at the project team level and elevated it up. And, and it's really kind of the thesis of our overall five pillars framework as you look at the five pillars and if you start on the right hand side it's it's the technical focus of a project it's absolutely necessary and it in and without its success of the project can't uh it, it just won't occur so it's a necessary but it's not sufficient in order for it to be sufficient we move kind of across those pillars and we talk about stakeholders we talk about the commercial necessity that a project operates within and then you get to the more left-hand side where that really gets into the leadership and governance. So as you introduce the softer side and the governance in terms of making sure the project is well set up and, and overseen um, is really kind of where the ultimately for these big projects where success lies. Is that is that a fair characterization, John? 100%, Doug, and I, and I think that project success is the, is the key measure, but I would also say as we've talked about, it's a 10-year process. So the more you can focus on the softer side of things, the easier it'll be. And, and so it's not just ultimately being successful, but it's having 10 years of your life or more where you're, you really feel proud of what you've done, what you've accomplished, but also how you've accomplished it. So I, I think that how you accomplish things is equally important or more important on a day-to-day -day basis as you go through the entire process. Um, so I feel like we're segueing into our next webinar, but maybe we could just talk a little bit more about this because what I what I'm hearing, John, is now we're talking more into the leadership call, pillar. And so, can you maybe just explain a little bit more what you th are thinking about softer side? Well, you're right, Doug. I mean, it, it comes down. I mean, really, the the leadership, but how the team works together. Um, you know, understanding their roles, understanding what they need to do, but it's really that whole leadership and teamwork uh, that I would say is uh, how do they do it? So I, I think that's the key issue when I think of the softer things is how do they accomplish their work? How do they relate to each other? How do they raise issues and deal with them? Because they're going to have lots of issues as you come through the project and you need to have a, a real good way where people can say say what they know, say honestly, put things on the table and so they get the best answer in terms of how to resolve the, the issues that are going to happen to them and how do they have that strong teamwork where everyone's engaged and, and, and like I say very proud of what they're accomplishing. All right well thank you John thank you for your time um, good a number of really good questions put forward um, after the session in June on on governance I'm really kind of looking at the power of governance, why it's important, why it matters, why it matters over time. So some great questions, um, great answers, John. Thanks for your time again, and uh, look forward to uh, our next webinar on leadership. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone.